0: Oh, all right, all right. Are we ready to be blessed today? You know, I can't think of a song more appropriate for this converse- congregation. I don't know if you know about it, if you heard some of those words that were being sung, but had been through fire, been through flood. Did y'all hear that? Y'all know the story of these people of faith right here? I don't know if you remember when y'all were back on Annie Street, this congregation went through some fire. Ku Klux Klan burned crosses on your yard. Your preacher had a security detail around her. Been through fire. Boy, boy, this congregation. You know, and then you got to this place, right? Y'all you know, remember that tropical storm? Water in the sanctuary, all the way this high. Been through flood. This congregation's been through flood. Been through fire, been through flood. Is it your season to be blessed? It is your season to be blessed. Open that window. It said, fling fling open the window. Is that what it said? Fling open the window, pour out the blessing. Oh, my. Can we be ready for something like that? I don't know, but when I hear Clarence sing, I think I can be ready for something like that. You know, that other thing, take those broken wings and learn to fly. I think I can fly. You keep singing and I'll start flying. (laughs) You know, the season to be blessed for us to find those wings and learn to fly. I'll tell you what, in this season, we're coming to a turning point between our long study that we've been doing since January on Enter the Story, where we started with Genesis. I don't know if y'all remember, Reverend Kirsten started us in the mud, if you remember that Sunday. She spent a lot of time talking about mud, if you weren't here. To last Sunday, we got all the way to Esther. We've had some highs and some lows and some serious times, and last Sunday, we had some frivolity. Y'all remember? Some of y'all were here. You go, girl. All right. All right. Well, well. this morning, we're going to try and go through some of the learnings we had during that look at the Scripture. What we hoped for you, the reason they planned it before I got here, because you all started in January, and I didn't start with you until March, uh, what did it mean for us as a people to go through the whole of the Hebrew Testament, to look at what the stories were, take snapshots along the way, and learn from those snapshots of what it meant to be a people of God, and hopefully in that time to recognize that these were our stories. They still happening to us right now. These are our stories, and that reading the Bible's not a scary thing. It's an okay thing to do, and we can laugh at it and be frivolous with it, and we can be serious and be challenged with it, and so when people come with us, our, hope, our real hope was when people come at you with the Bible raised up like this, ready to hit you, that you're able to say, let's open that thing and read it together. Let's open that thing and read it together because that has words of life in it. And it's my story is in that Bible. So let's read it together. So today we come and we start, and every good story has a good beginning, you know, and should have a good ending too. And so we started off with our scripture today from the book of Genesis. Y'all remember the garden where it all began? At least according to one of the sets of stories. In the garden where it all began, there were two trees in the middle of the garden. Do you remember what their names were? First one, tree of life. I don't know how you've visited that story, but first one in the garden, it says, right there in the middle of the garden was the tree of life. And then there's that other one. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Y'all might have more experience with that tree. <laughs> Certainly, that's the tree we picked. You know. And so the rest of the story is about this dance between the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the people of God. You know, So what does it mean to choose that tree instead of the tree of life? And that's these ups and downs we get going through the whole of the Hebrew Testament. And man, did we have a journey to do in and out and up and down and afraid, not even knowing what the next step was. I don't know about you, but I love trees. So when I imagine that tree of life, I imagine my favorite tree. And I can't imagine people not choosing it. You know, I can't imagine them wanting that other tree. But the tree of life for me is an aspen tree. Do y'all know aspens? Every summer growing up in high school, I visited my aunt in upper New York And I would wander around, and I loved these trees before I knew their name, because the aspen trees, I would love to watch those leaves quake like that. Tallow trees don't do quite the same thing, but aspen trees are just beautiful. The spirit flows through them, and they move with it, and they're flexible. And I loved those trees. You know, being from the South, I thought trees had two colors, green and brown. (laughs) Green until it froze, and then brown after that. You know, and so I was amazed after a while that when I went to Colorado during the gold season that the aspen trees had a different color with the seasons. They offered a different blessing. And then I was really impressed to find out, and this is why I think I really knew I loved them even before I knew about them, was that they're really not a group of trees. They're one tree. Aspens grow from the roots. They're never separated. And so they're one tree, and I wonder what that would be like to recognize the tree of life as a tree where we may look like we're independent, but ultimately we are connected with all of those trees. You know, that tree of life is a beautiful thing, but we didn't choose that tree. We chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we've been dancing with that tree for a while. And the scripture tells us about that story. And I'll give it a better name for you because I call it the tree of judgment. Because if we know what's good and if we know what's evil, that means we can judge you. It means we can judge ourselves too. You know? Once you start down that path, you're not free from it. You know? Did you judge anybody this week? Be true. Tried not to, but did you? Did you judge anybody? Was there a crazy driver in front of you or beside you or behind you? Did you get in the wrong grocery store line? You know, did you judge anybody this week? This tree of classifying people and putting some in and some out, some are us and some are them, that's the tree they chose of knowledge of good and evil and how we value things differently. That's the tree. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about knowledge. Knowledge is a good thing. Knowledge helps us, but that's not the knowledge they picked. They picked the knowledge of classification and separation and judging one another. And so we get into the story, and what's the first thing that happens in the first family? In the first family, a brother kills a brother. You know? So what's those first lessons that we had to learn? Can we be who we are without hurting somebody else? Can we be who we are without hurting someone else? Then you go a little bit farther in the first family and you get to a story where one brother steals from another brother their birthright. Can we be who we are without taking from another? Is what we have enough? Is it okay for someone else to have enough and for us to not have to take it from them? These are lessons from the first stories and we're learning what's, what is good and what is bad and they're judging it and they're saying we need more. Boy, I know people in my life are still doing that right now they can't be happy unless someone else is not doing well right here in the first family we get those stories and as we went along through the scripture there were other lessons they learned they were taken into captivity and in captivity they had to learn what it meant to be God's people there and they lost themselves they lost their identity and they came out through the wilderness and they had to learn how to trust all over again I don't know if you've had to learn to trust all over again If you felt like you were in a wilderness and stepped out of it for a moment of time, and had to learn what it meant to trust all again. One of my friends is here in Houston today from California, celebrating her 25th anniversary of sobriety. 25th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. I remember some of those first steps. It was from a wilderness into learning how to trust baby steps all over again i remember when she went out her first date as a sober person she said oh no i've never done that before had to learn how to do it in trust from that well in that wilderness how do we take those steps they had to learn day by day manna every day then they had to learn two days to take a sabbath get manna two days in a row and then it took them so long god said it's going to take you 40 years to learn that one lesson that you can trust me in and out and through everything. So they get into a new land and those same, same stories come up. Can they be who they are in and among people who are not like them? And they decide they can't. So they killed everyone. That was what entering the promised land was like. They didn't have it down enough that God loved them so much that they could be who they were and those other people could be who they were too. And it wasn't a fit. This is what we do growing up. Sometimes we try to annihilate each other. Sometimes it's a junior high school lesson. Sometimes it's a now lesson. I know as a community of people who are very different, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, people who are of different colors and ages and all that sort of stuff, I've seen some people go around annihilating each other. You know? a lesson that we have to keep learning because we've got into this us them who's good who's bad who's better who's best we start to do that separation so this journey through all of the scripture and God keeps reaching out each and every step and saying choose the tree of life choose please choose the tree of life let go of that other tree stop dancing with it I'm here and I'm ready for you you know Joseph was a dreamer Joseph had dreams, and what did his brothers do? They threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. You know, there were other people who had dreams, got thrown into pits. Some of them got killed. This week, we celebrate the anniversary of I Have a Dream speech for Martin Luther, Jr., Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> and the March on Washington. Having dreams can be Transforming and it also can be dangerous because sometimes they ask us to let go of dancing of that tree we're used to and reach out to the tree of life. Let's hear some words from that speech.
1: I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I have
0: and what happens is we get scared of them and we tend to hurt them jesus was one of those people that ended up getting killed because he asked people to dance with a different tree all these lessons people are learning are lessons we learn as we grow up you know we, we have to play peekaboo with god for a while till we realize god's still there even when it doesn't look like it We have to keep growing and falling down, getting up, falling down, getting up, falling down, getting up. And learning that God's with us all along the way. And that's our task. That is our task. That is what it means for us to be a people of faith, is to keep trying, to keep risking. If we fall down, that means we're trying to keep moving that next step and that next step. And one of the moral philosophers have tried to put down what that means. His name's Kohlberg. And you saw his rainbow pyramid up there. I love that they did this rainbow pyramid And this. you can't read the words, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about what this is. So Kohlberg says, we do this now. We do this today. He says, we start with just trying to avoid punishment. That's the first step of trying to get things right, is just avoid getting punished. Walter and I have a new little puppy. Whenever that little puppy hears a loud voice, it runs. (laughs) It could be because we stubbed our toe. But it runs whenever it hears loud noises. Void punishment. We're in that stage of trying to let God not see us. We think we can hide and God won't know, you know. And then self-interest, that stage you grow up. You see little kids do this. There's nothing in the world but them. And you don't exist but to serve them, you know. That's the that's self-interest. Some of our people seem to stay in there longer periods of time. But it's supposed to be supposed to be a young person time then there's that good boy good girl attitude that's the we can earn it y'all remember some of those prophets that we talked about the better we are if we're perfect then we will know that we can be okay and be safe if we play by the rules then everything's going to be okay for us so there's that stage and and it's it's one for the other it's not as if you can give to another it's about if you hurt me I hurt you is a part of this stage. So that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You know, Gandhi said you get toothless and blind. But you know, that's a part of what it is to be just at that stage of growing up. I hope we get beyond that, that we don't have to hurt others because they've hurt us. You know, that we can live at a different level of moral development. He keeps going up, law and order, morality, that's if we can enforce the laws on everyone, and if we can be the judge, right, enforcing the laws on everyone, then everything is okay. So it's how we follow and enforce laws. Social contract moves to that place where your welfare and my welfare are intertwined. That if you're not okay, I'm not okay. That we're not free till we're all free. That there's a social contract that goes beyond which is just best for me. And so they're learning this. The Hebrew people are learning this throughout the scripture. They go into exile. They come back out of exile. They're learning these things about what it means to be a people following God. Daniel prays even though he knows he's going to get punished. You know, Mordecai last week wouldn't kneel even though he knows he'll get punished. Now that's the stage at the top stage of principles. Living by which you know God wants you to live regardless of what the outcome is going to be. That you may be put to death as Martin Luther King Jr. was and as Jesus was in the extreme cases of what that means. So this development, this moral stages we're going through, the Bible is all about that. It's about what we're about. It's how we grow up and how we live into those things. It's pretty amazing that everything old is new again. Whatever stories they were learning in that time and place are the stories we have to learn now. And we have to help our two-year-olds, four-year-olds, six-year-olds, eight-year-olds. We have to help our 40-year-olds, 45-year-olds, 50-year-olds to keep not playing peekaboo with God, to keep not dancing with that tree of judgment, to go to the place where all of our welfare is tied to one another, that aspen tree where it looks like it's separate, but it's not. It's all one. It's all one being. How do we get to that place? when we're driving in that traffic, and that crazy driver did that right in front of me again. It all becomes very real, very day-to-day, very moment-to-moment. And it is our life journey. Once upon a time, when I was 20 years old, I was dancing with the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I was 20 years old, and I was judgmental. I thought I knew what was right, and I thought I knew what was wrong. And my sister Terry was doing something wrong, we had a chair in my parents' house, and I used to take naps in it on Sunday afternoon. It was a gold chair, wide, with these big stuffed arms, and it was just big enough that I could put my shoulders on the bottom of it, and my seat in the bottom of it, and my head would go over one side, and my legs would go over the other side. You ever have a chair like that? It was good for Sunday naps. It's also good to be a throne and be judgmental from. Her first marriage ended so quickly we didn't know what had happened. She was 18 years old, less than six months. She was in the house for just a week, and she was about to move out and move in with another man. And I just knew that was wrong. I sat in that chair and I looked at her, because I knew that she was just breaking all sorts of laws. And I must have been perfect. 20, you know? Right? Oh, goodness. So Terry is sitting there pushing this huge box across the floors, carpeted, that she can't lift. Heavy, And I'm sitting in that chair watching her. And I don't help. I'm her big brother. I've been there all the time for her. We were there all the time for each other. And it breaks my heart when I look back in that moment in time that I was more in love with dancing with the tree of knowledge of good and evil than I was with dancing with the tree of life for my sister. I wasn't listening long enough to know that he had beaten her, that he had lied to her before they were married, that he had brought disease into the family, and he had continued lying. I was too busy judging to hear. I was too busy sitting on that throne to know that she needed me as a brother. Where are we in our lives like that? Where have we done that dance so good and so fully with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree of judgment, that we haven't been able to let go? Now that man she moved in with, she's been together now for 30 years. They've had four kids, multiple grandkids. But I knew what was right. I knew what was wrong in that moment in time. Even when it looks like it's bad, you know what? We don't know. We are not the judge. Only God is. But God continues to reach out to us, reach out to us, reach out to us. And the good story that had that story, of those two trees in the beginning where we chose the wrong one, God says, I'm not through with you yet. At the end, in the book of Revelation, the vision of the new heaven, the new kingdom, the vision There's a tree of life running through the city, and on each side of the river is a tree of life. The trees of life are there offering their fruit for every season, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. God doesn't take any chance with us anymore. He serves it right up. She says, here are the tree. This is the tree of life. This is what I've been calling you to. I've been calling for all those broken wings to mend and for you to fly. I've been calling for you to fling open the windows and to pour out a blessing. I've been telling you this is your season. This is your season to be blessed and to bless the world. I've been telling you here's the tree. Take it this time. Let's take the tree of life. Thanks be to God. Amen.